0: Hey listeners, help rock the walls, stay free to listen to by completing this short anonymous survey and you can walk away with a $100 Amazon gift card. It's going to take you no more than five minutes to complete and your answers will help match the show with advertisers that best fit us. Sensibilities and its listeners, which of course is you. Listeners who complete the survey will be entered to win a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. We promise not to share or sell your email address, and we won't send you an email unless you win. Please go to adobe.com slash survey. That's adobe.com slash survey to take our survey and get a chance to win a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Think of all the sweet things you could buy with a hundred dollars on Amazon. Literally endless. Thanks a lot, guys, and enjoy the show. What's going on? You are listening to Rock the Walls here on Adobe Radio. I'm your host, Patrick Walford. On tonight's show, we are going to be speaking with the vocalist of Siler, Jaden Panesso, talking all about their brand-new album, Help, which they dropped yesterday on Hopeless Records, an amazing record, one of my favorites so far this year. We talk all about the writing and recording of that some of the stuff that he's done in the past uh, year and on this entire album cycle of their last album leading into the writing and recording of this record. He also got to fill in for a mirror for a little bit uh, when Frankie got sick on their tour that they were doing with Suicide Sounds last spring. And then later on the year got to fill in for Franz from Attila. So uh, pretty crazy experiences. So we talked about that, some of the highs and lows that he's went through over these past couple of years, and kind of uh, how personal it got on this record, and a whole lot more. So very excited for everyone to hear that very in-depth interview. As well, we have Sean Milkey, guitarist and one of the vocalists of Alisana. They're going to be dropping Confessions, the Annabelle Trilogy, August the 31st, on their label Revival Recordings, and as well, they dropped an awesome novel along with it that uh, has sold out. They had to make a second batch, and that's pretty much sold out now, almost, so we talk all about that. Starting their own label, seeing what really they helped start way back uh, 10 years ago, and talking about uh, going on tour for 10 years of Vanity and Wax, which is uh, pretty awesome. Really looking forward to that. Right now, we're going to kick off the show with Jane Panesso of Siler. So, without any further ado, here it is on Rock the Walls. You are listening to Rock the Walls here on IW Radio. I'm your host, Patrick Walford. Right now, we are joined by a band that's going to be dropping their sophomore album Help coming out tomorrow on Hopeless Records. and catch them out on the road in the United States this fall with Ice Nine Kills and Secrets in September and October. And then I'll uh, hop in right on tour with Attila, Chelsea Grin, and Amir. We're here with the vocalist of Siler, Jaden Pineso. Jaden, uh, how's everything going, man? Uh, you guys just got off tour with the and Era just a couple of weeks back. Uh, records about to come out, man. Uh, just how's everything going?
1: Yeah, man, I mean, everything's going pretty great. You know, uh, last year was, uh, you know, we spent most of our time writing and just taking a, a bit of a time out from touring. So uh, to come out this year and go out to LA and, do and you know, record a new record to then come home and basically be on the road has been very, very awesome and just... Uh, We've dropped two singles so far from the record, and, uh, you know, the response has been really amazing. So we're just very stoked on all the great feedback and, you know, to be back in momentum.
0: Yeah, man, definitely for sure. Now, for you guys in deciding which tracks to release first, man, I mean, uh, myself having listened to this record now, I think that probably would have been a very daunting task because there's a a lot of great songs on this record that uh, very easily could have also been released as singles.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, even, uh, even you know, I don't know, I'm usually my biggest critic, as it is, and uh, I don't know, I hear the record, and I'm just very, very proud of it, because I feel like there's a lot of strong tracks on the record. And uh, it was tough. It was tough to try to decide uh, what kind of song we wanted to drop first, but uh, it was kind of a no-brainer to go with Assume, just because it was our first song back after releasing our first record, and, you know, I feel like we did change our sound a bit. So... Releasing Assume as the first song was just, uh, I don't know, it was just kind of like the thing that made more sense to us just because I felt like it included our old sound and new sound just kind of matched in one. And uh, yeah, it did well. People loved it. So that's the reason why we picked the first one. And, you know, we think it's a great song as it is.
0: Yeah, man, definitely for sure. Now, for you guys getting the opportunity to record with Eric Ron, and, you know, with this album, I, I really think it's a—it's kind of a more of a progression than... Um, You know, like saying that you guys completely changed your sound or anything like that, as far as uh, to whom it may concern into this album, as far as it went for you guys and uh, writing the record, kind of uh, being out on the road as much as you guys were over that uh, two year album cycle that you guys had, um, you know, opening for a lot of great bands and yourself also uh, getting the opportunity to, you know, uh, film for a mirror for a little while when they were on tour with Suicide Silence last spring for you. Um, just all this, uh, stuff going on in your life and whatnot, and, uh, just kind of getting it onto paper through your thoughts and, uh, kind of getting those experiences out, man. Uh, just, what was that like for you this time around? I mean, this is, a, a really personal record and you can really hear that, um, you know, listening to it front to back that this was something that was a very hard on a sleeve, uh, kind of writing process for you.
1: Oh right, yeah. Well, uh, you know, first off, thank you for noticing that, uh, it was by far the most personal thing I've done, for sure. I mean, not saying that our music before wasn't personal or, you know, that I didn't relate to it because obviously it did. But uh, I don't know. This time around was just a bit more, uh, I don't know, it was a bit more intense for me as far, as far as like uh, the writing process, learning all the lyrics, you know, because uh, I don't know, in the past two years, as many highs as I did have, you know, with the band and, you know, I did things, you know, I mean, for starters, and Mure is one of my favorite bands ever, as it is, you know, so to get a phone call saying like, hey, do you want to come from the first singer, it's already like unreal, so that was super sick, it was a sick year, um, you know, there was so many highs, and then there was so many lows too, you know, so many things that happened behind the scenes that unfortunately, you know, not a lot of people know about, which is fine, but it was very, I don't know, it was kind of like, it was kind of like a therapy to really, you know, be able to write these songs and put out the exact emotions that I felt, and it's, uh. It's very cool that people already hear that, and that was basically the main goal with this record, which is why we named it Help. You know, it's like a cry for help, which is how I felt most of last year while we were just at home, trying to, like, adapt to being here for a little bit and trying to, like, also, you know, live all the lifestyle of being in a band, so
0: yeah man definitely for sure and and for you guys uh having that time off for yourself uh what was some of the stuff that you were doing doing to keep busy kind of in that downtime was it more or less just uh you know finding a full-time job to you know have enough money to, to make ends meet to also have some money to go out on tour or uh was a lot of it spent uh you know writing and uh kind of being more involved in that process
1: well as it was i uh you know, we got back home, because we did a tour last year with uh, Chelsea Grin, The World Alive, and Mike Flames, and that was around April, May. So, we literally came home after that, and we, you know, we kind of had nothing going on, and uh, we were just like, all right, let's write. And, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time, a lot of downtime writing, but as it was, I was trying to stay active. I was trying to learn more, which is why I was able to, like, clean thing on this record and, and do different things that I was able to do beforehand, so... You know, I spent a lot of my time doing that but also trying to like, you know, stay financially stable to be able to like keep the dream going, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was uh it was a bit hard to adapt at first. But uh, you know, we did it and it's uh it's it's amazing to be able to like be here today with the record coming out and you know, tours on the way and just a bunch of awesome shit happening behind the scenes. Very, very stoked.
0: Uh, just in terms of your vocals this time around just in getting the sound that you wanted to is that more of something uh like working with eric in the studio or was a lot of it out of the studio kind of uh kind of self-teaching yourself kind of to to do some of the stuff that you hadn't done before
2: well
1: i honestly want to say it's both um dude eric holland is one of the like best minds and most creative people i've ever met as it is you know so like it was very cool to work with him because he wasn't the kind of guy that would hear a verse and be like, "Hey, dude, I'm gonna write, I'm gonna write this for you, like, go sing this." You know, like he would totally help me. He would push me, but he would also give me an open field for me to play the game. You know, so I just kind of, you know, being out there with him, it was—I want to say it's 50 percent. You know, that helped me a lot to even feel more comfortable to want to do these things that I was afraid of doing before. But as it was too, I also had in my own time. In my own time, I also, uh, you know, just practiced a lot of stuff. I was just taking influences from all the music I was listening to. And, uh, you know, being into R&B and hip-hop so hard was, like, a big thing for this record. You know, because I spent a lot of last year just, like, just listening to all these records that I love. And uh, that just that just helped a lot. It was a big inspiration. So, it was just really cool to come in with a certain mentality and then have someone else that pushes that mentality with you. And Eric Long was that guy, so... We're very
0: stoked to make that move. We're here talking with Jaden Panesso. He is the vocalist of Siler. They're going to be dropping their brand new album, Help Tomorrow, on Hopeless Records. Definitely go and pick that up. One of my favorite records so far this year. Now, Jaden, for you guys going from Razor and Ty uh, over to Hopeless for this record, um, and kind of that, that changeover process, uh, when you go from one label to the next, it's, it's not exactly you know something where... You know, you, you, as soon as the, your contract's up with the, with the first record label, for the first record, you can kind of uh, just slide into another record label in terms of writing a record and whatnot. For you guys and signing with Hopeless, was this something where you guys have been on their radar for a while, or did you guys uh, kind of uh, send this album to them to see if uh, they would like to release it?
1: Well, uh, crazy enough, we uh, we actually left Razor and Ty. Uh, we parted ways with them. Before we even uh, before we even went to the studio, like honestly, way before that. And uh, you know, you would think you could just get off the label and just jump on another one because they like you or whatever. But it was just it was a long process, you know. And uh, we were in a situation where we had a few different offers and few different labels, and uh, it was a very cool spot to be in, but also tough because you know at this point, it's just like okay, we've we've already done one record, we've already learned this and that about the industry. What is it that we want to do this time to make our decision? As you know, as much as we think that is the right decision. So, I don't know, man. It was uh, it, was, it took a little long, but you know, once we uh, once we heard everyone out, hopeless is just so. I don't know. Their their level of integrity is unreal, and uh, you know, without us even giving them a second album, we we gave them like a song that we did last uh, last year. They could already see the potential, and uh, even on my first conversation, they already knew everything about the band and. Uh, I don't know. I really just saw It really just showed that they really liked us as a band, and they weren't just trying to take a risk, you know. So that was very, very cool.
0: Yeah, man, definitely for sure. And that had to kind of be uh, kind of a crazy position to be in, too, to be uh, kind of fielding offers and meeting with these labels to to see what the best fit is for your band and seeing uh, all this label interest. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly, man. It's it's uh, it's nuts. You know, it was uh, it's it's super flattering, but it's also like. You get put in that position where we you're just, like, against the wall, and you're just like, okay, you know, like, this is it. we had to make this one choice, and uh, we're going to stick with this for the next few years. So, yeah, it's a very it's a very tough one, but it's just one of those situations where you sit with your guys, and you just talk it out, and you just make a chart with your pros and cons. And I don't know, man, after, after a few talks, it was just kind of a no-brainer. We felt like we were really down at home with Hopeless, and honestly, we have. You know, we haven't even dropped this record, and, dude, they are amazing. So, we are very stoked We made that one decision
0: for sure. As well, you guys have uh, been uh, putting some videos out on social media, uh, kind of uh, part one through four, just in terms of uh, kind of how that ties into the record. For any of the uh, listeners out there, who might have uh, uh, seen the videos but haven't uh, heard any of the music yet. Just uh, how does that kind of tie in f- uh, with the record for you guys? I noticed myself uh, that there is kind of uh, some parts of uh, the songs on the record in these clips.
1: Yeah. Well, you know we. Uh we want to do a bunch of like different kind of marketing for the record and uh... you know the whole theme of the record is free self-explanatory It's help you know it's it's like in it's in red on like in front of the album so we just wanted to like really get that across and that story So every you know it's, it's four it's four different clips they're about thirty or forty five seconds each. But each each short story kind of narrates a little background information about the album so we figured instead of giving everyone just like a regular music video, you know, after our first one, we were just like, hey, let's do four four short clips and give everyone a tease of these new songs that also kind of let people understand what these songs are about. So, you know, I feel like it'll be easier when the record comes out these people have already seen some visuals off the song. It'll be easier for them to connect dots and go on with the message. You know what I'm saying?
0: Now I, I gotta ask, there's a couple song in this songs on the record that that seem like they're directed towards a, a certain person. Uh, for yourself, it, it, was it? Would these people listening to this record know that that specific song was about them, or is it more kind of uh, uh, kind of thinking about like a certain kind of person, kind of that you know
1: is um, I sorry about that. I wanna, I want to say it's both. You know, uh, there's there's some real personal songs about some certain people that they know about, and there's also songs that could just be generalized. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's 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 definitely uh, what we want with the record. The few, you know, there there are a few songs who are directed towards totally people like and maybe they haven't known, but I mean, like all oh, that's just even my close family too. You know, mm-hmm. so it's all very very personal.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Now for yourself and, and getting that personal on the record just how difficult was that for you to, to kind of, uh, put it all out there and kind of what, what you beam through. Cause obviously, um, you know, when you're going through tough shit, it's, it, it is pretty tough to talk about it. You know, uh, just from my own experiences, um, you know, sometimes you just get to a point where you don't know how to ask for help from anyone and you kind of just, uh, stew, stew up mentally in your head. You know what I mean? As far as, uh, kind of yeah. feeling like you're going crazy up there, man. So, so for you and kind of, uh, you know, putting putting it on paper and kind of the stuff that you were going through, man, just um, how difficult was that to, to, to make that decision?
1: Dude, it was uh, it was very difficult, you know, especially because through all of 2015, while I was going through these rough things, uh, you know, there were so many people and things that just manifested as help, but I didn't see it, you know, because I needed the help, but I was too ashamed to talk about certain things, and, you know, it's a, it's a normal thing. Everyone goes through that, but... You know, once it was time to really do the record, and we found the name, it just still it just made sense. And dude, it was rough. You know, even in the studio at times, like trying to you know, trying to get in the moods to really put out this emotion on a song. It's it, it's not easy, you know. And even times, it, another thing that was awesome is that you know, I went to do a record with with honestly like a person that I didn't know that well, so almost like a stranger. And then after the six weeks of being there, like he's one of my best friends now because. I would sit with Eric and, you know, I would like, even if it took me a bit to get out of, out of, out of like me, it would, you know, I would, I would always just sit there for every song and explain to him what it was about and explain to him the feelings that I was feeling and all that stuff. And that's how, you know, he would help so much more in that situation. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't easy, man. But, you know, I'm just glad we, we got to capture those emotions on the record, even if it took a lot because, you know, because it did. Six weeks of, uh, working in a studio could definitely, you know, start seeing a little stale towards the end, but uh we pushed through it, and we really got to catch where we
0: wanted, so. Yeah, man, because, I mean, being in a studio for six weeks, you know, uh, 12, 15-hour days working on this record in, you know, basically a small room with your bandmates and stuff, obviously when you're recording everything, and, you know, if stuff, uh, a certain part you guys aren't sure a bit, you're kind of discussing what it should be like, you know what I mean? It's something that After six weeks is done, I mean, it's almost as if you just did a tour, you know what I mean, mentally in terms of uh, just what went into it.
1: Yeah, dude, it was, uh, you know, like, uh, I, like, I was supposed to fly in uh, the first week with the rest of the band, and then I got into, I had some health issues back home, so I had to, like, actually delay my flight. So, you know, flying in, you know, flying into the studio after having health issues and still being, like, on the brink of uh, things going badly, that made it even more tough for me and uh i don't know honestly just you know as cliches as in my town dude like music music just does wonders and you know even as as stale as the days got towards the end you know when you finish a song and you get to like call everyone in the room and be like yo we just finished the vocals like check it out and you see everyone smiling and you're even following yourself because you got to capture that it's just like rewarding you know but there was those days for dude there were days there were literal days where i would wake up and i would try to work and my mind just wasn't there, so. You know, I would just take a break, go take a walk, do what I had to do, but it was rough, man. There was, there was some periods of time and days where I just didn't feel creative, you know, and I don't I don't believe in writing music where you have to kind of, like, force it, you know? Or, you know, I see it all the time where people just sit in a room and it's just like, all right, let's write a right for it. I I feel like writing music is not about that. I feel like it's more about brainstorming and knowing how to put things together and you know, really just sitting on things, and that's that's a thing that helped me a lot, because there were times where I would really stress out about a song, you know, after being in the studio for about five weeks then, it's like, you know, so it's getting a little rough, but, you know, when you really just take a step back and start, and start listening to the songs, and just vibing with them, and relaxing, and not so much thinking about the fact that you have to write a line, it just makes it that much better, you know?
0: Yeah, man, definitely for sure. Now, was there a certain thing in the recording process and, uh, you know, working... Uh, working with Eric Ron, uh as far as uh, vocally for yourself, uh, any uh, certain advice or just something he said to you that really kind of uh, uh, kind of changed your perspective on maybe how you saw a song or saw a, kind of uh, how you were recording stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, dude, Eric Ron kicked my ass in vocal booth. Like, this dude was not, you know, he wouldn't take 95%. Like, you gotta give him 100%, which is... Which is amazing, you know. It's amazing to like go in and you do your thing, and then someone has a, I don't know. Let's call it better ear with music because he's producing all the time, you know. Like my first for the first song we did, I I started doing the vocals, and he was like, "Dude, you sound amazing. Like, love your screams and all that stuff." But I can't understand what you're saying, you know. So he taught me he taught me a way to just be so to just be so hard on myself with my pronunciation that. I especially towards the end of the record could just do all the screaming and like you could actually understand what I was saying. And if you if you hear the record, you know you could even the screaming isn't like too distorted or anything. You could you could pretty much pretty much like tell and hear what I'm saying. So that was like a big big thing with him. You know he uh, he just he, he he's a perfectionist and uh, he just has such a good ear for it. He's a he, he's a vocalist himself. You know he like he he, he does melodies. He, he, he just does a lot and. uh, just being taught by someone with that much experience is awesome. So if any, you know, if anyone out there is really wondering how it is to work with him on vocals or if you're looking to work with that man, like that dude is the man for
0: vocals specifically. Definitely, man. I, I know this year alone, he's also, uh, I think he's done like the Pierce the Veil record, the new My and Men record that's going to come out, uh, Beartooth as well. Uh, he's just, just done amazing record after amazing record.
1: Yeah, man, he kills it. Uh, he, else, he did. Uh, he did the issues record as well, the one that yeah. recently, the, the one that recently dropped. Yeah. And uh, he's just good, man. It's 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 also cool to go to a uh, producer to like, I don't know, record a metal album, and then you suddenly are just like bobbing about R and B songs and pop and all this stuff. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like it shows you know, this dude has a broad mentality with music. Which is what my band is, you know, we don't really just listen to one John R. music. You know, there's times where we will look days about listening to R and B or hip hop or whatever, and there are days where we don't listen to metal for a little bit, you know? Yeah. Just to switch it up. So it's yeah. very it was very cool to see that dude show into other stuff. They just got us super stoked.
0: Yeah. We're gonna be back talking more with Jaden Panesso, vocalist of Silar, but first a track off their brand new album help. It's Assume on Rock the Walls. Back to the show in just a second, but you can help rock the wall. Stay free to listen to by completing this short anonymous survey, and you can walk away with a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. It's going to take you no more than five minutes, and your answers will help match the show with advertisers that best fit the sensibilities of the show and its listeners which of course is you. Listeners who complete the survey will be entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Think of all the sweet things that you could buy with that money. We promise not to share or sell your email address, and we won't send you an email unless you win. Please go to adobe.com slash survey. That's idobe.com slash survey to take the survey and get a chance to win $100 an Amazon gift card. Thanks, guys. And let's get back to the show. We're here talking with Jaden Panesso. He is the vocalist of Siler. They're going to be dropping their brand new album, Help Tomorrow, on Hopeless Records. Definitely go and pick that up. One of my favorite records so far this year. Now, now for you guys recording out in California for the first time, just uh, how do you feel mm-hmm. that kind of uh, helped shape the record in terms of uh, kind of the mood and the vibe of uh, just being out there and just basically, you know, needing, if you need to take a break from the studio, being to walk outside and, you know, it'd be in uh, pretty beautiful weather over there.
1: Yeah, that's the beauty of, uh, that was the beauty of being in LA, that it was, uh, I don't know, man, it has such a vibe, you know what I mean? Like, I'm from New York, and, you know, I like, you go into Manhattan, and then you feel a vibe, you know, it's old buildings, and, you know, amongst other things, you have a vibe out there, and it's just the same thing with LA, man, it's just like, I don't know, something as simple like walking down the street and just looking up, and it's like palm trees, you know, and it just brings this certain vibe, and it just kind of like, just knowing that I was, like, in L.A., basically, like, in North Hollywood, you know, just, like, doing a record with my band, like, you know, you almost got to, like, step back at times and be like, holy shit, like, I'm, I'm a lucky motherfucker, dude. Like, I get to, you know, be out here for six weeks and do what I love, you know, and just having that vibe and knowing that so many other artists have been in that area doing music, was just amazing.
0: Yeah, man, 100%. Now, was there anything specific that you guys would do, uh, kind of... Uh in the downtime of the studio or kind of when you guys were done for the night or was it pretty much just for you guys just work 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 every single day in terms of just uh waking up um just going straight to the music and then going to bed at night and coming back to work at it every day
1: well we had a you know we had a schedule set and uh you know we we would wake up at a certain time and give ourselves like two hours and uh then we would start working and then we would have an usually usually like an end time where we would finish unless we really had extra work that we hadn't done and we had to get done then you know we would push it to the limits which was kind of like the last week we were just you know doing all the final touches and stuff but uh yeah. now man you know even we, we were even off on Sundays so Sundays was just like a day to relax you know a lot of people would just a lot of guys would just like do different things go see friends I personally would go hang out with a friend that I had out uh, out in LA myself and you know, I would just spend that time not only hanging out, but getting to, like, listening to what we had so far without stressing out, uh, for whatever reason, so it was very, it it was cool, man.
0: Definitely, man, I, I know for myself, I haven't been to California in a while, but, uh, when I ate Internet Burger for the first time, uh, it, it was pretty freaking good. Oh,
1: dude, yeah, I, I just, I just love it, man, it it has such a grinder vibe, you know what I mean, it's just, like, I don't know. As far as like music and the arts and all that stuff, it's almost like weird if you went out there and didn't do something, you know, you walk into a bar down the street and then like your biggest celebrities hanging out there or director or producer, you know, it's just it's just awesome. It's awesome for the arts. So
0: I loved it. For you guys coming up uh, over this next little bit, uh, you're gonna be going it on the uh Ice Nine Kills Headline Tour, uh, Secret's gonna be supporting, and then you guys are gonna be in the, uh, three of five slot with, uh, It Came, The Wolves, and Cover Your Tracks being on that tour, and then, uh, pretty much going right into tour with Attila, their album release tour for Chaos, which is gonna be just absolutely gigantic, with, uh, Chelsea Grin, who you guys have obviously toured before, and, uh, Amur, obviously, uh, you're pretty good buddies with Frankie, I mean, to, uh, have both those tours back to back, and I don't know if you had the chance to uh, go to Warp Tour this year, but to see the Ice Nine Kills crowds grow every single day, it was uh, one of the craziest things to see. I think they're they're a band that's definitely uh, on the rise right now, to say the very least. And uh, Attila is obviously uh, one of the biggest bands in the scene right now, as far as heavy music.
1: Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, it was it's it's wild because we literally finished Ice Nine Kills and we got to drive to, to like the first Attila show. So, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's about 75 days in total, which is going to be a little nuts, but dude, it's, uh, we're excited. You know, we, uh, we tore with Iceland Kills back in, I want to say early 2014, right before we dropped, uh, Too Many concern And we were like, we were opening the tour ourselves and, uh, I don't know, it's, it's going to be cool to tour with those boys and it's very awesome to see how they're growing. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's basically what we all want to do, you know, and just keep going and, uh. You know, I just help with the record dropping and these these tours that we have lined up and everything that we have uh, that we're playing out for next year. We're you know we're able to do stuff like that too, where people notice. You know, where it's just like your crowds are growing, your your media is growing. All this stuff. It's just it's just cool to see bands doing it. You know.
0: From with this record coming out tomorrow, man. Uh, you know, warp Tour just uh, having wrapped up a couple weeks ago, uh, and Kevin Lyman's going to be uh, getting ready to. Uh, prepare the lineup over the next couple months for uh, 2017. Is that something that uh, you guys would definitely like to be on next summer?
1: Oh, yes. That is uh, that is honestly one of our biggest goals for, for uh, next year. Uh, I mean, you know, growing up, going a to work tour every summer. From, I mean, starting to, I want to say 2004, That's that was like my first work tour, and uh, I was like super stoked to go see a trade and a bench unfold, so after that year, I've gone almost every year. Actually, the only year I didn't attend was this year, and that's because I was on tour, and unfortunately none of the dates uh came near us so it was like the only year i've ever missed world tour but yeah man that's like uh that's like a dream tour you know we really want to do it and i feel like uh i feel like this year uh well next year essentially uh would be a great opportunity for us to have and uh you know we just want to show everyone that we have what it takes and we, we want to just have everyone vibe out with us and i feel like that would be a great tour to do that in.
0: yeah i, I agree 100 percent, man and just uh Kind of looking at it from from the outside, I mean, you guys are going to be playing an album release show, uh, obviously, over these uh, next couple of days, but then heading into those tours, you know, you say 75 days of touring, pretty much, man. I mean, uh, just kind of uh, looking back even a couple of years ago before you guys even dropped your debut album, and uh, to now see that you guys are, are, you know, planned out that far ahead, pretty much the rest of the fall and whatnot, is that kind of uh, something that's still kind of uh, kind of surreal to you in a bit of a way, just to see how kind of much the band has grown over this past little bit?
1: Oh yeah, dude, a hundred percent. Like, I, I would honestly be lying to you if I sat here and told you we weren't like. It's surreal, man. It's it, it's it's very cool because you know even even before like our debut and all that stuff, these are bands who I didn't even have contact with. You know, these are bands who I would see on other shows or or went to see them myself. So seeing these bands being not only friends with fans of our music is super cool, and it's it's it shows us respect that they're taking us out, and it's you know it's it's amazing. But uh, just overall for us, man, it's like the coolest thing in the world. You know, it's uh, a lot of dudes. Uh, a lot of dudes get re- get jaded like real fast by the touring pace and stuff. And you know, it's uh, I don't blame them. But that's one thing we try not to lose sight of. We don't want to lose sight of where we came from or sight of the things that we actually get stoked for and love. Because you know, if you're doing this, going on tour without being stoked or you know, taking it as a new goal and new dream in life, then you know, I I honestly don't know why people do this. It's, 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 they look at stuff like that, you know? I feel like you always have to be a fan so you can really enjoy this. And that's what, you know, that's what we've been holding on to. And, dude, it, it is surreal. You know, it's, it's, it's fucking awesome to, uh, you know, even on this Bonny tour, like, every show was insane. Like, these kids were singing our new brand new song, like, louder than the, the old ones, even. And it's just, I don't know, it's unreal. It's very awesome. Definitely makes me smile.
0: Now, just as far as uh, some of the releases that have come out so far this year, whether it's uh, you know, rap or R and B or heavy music, uh, what have you really been enjoying, man?
1: Well actually funny enough that you asked that today I feel like today, uh, I don't know, just in today's age and stuff, it's just like there's so much there's so much stuff going on and dropping all the time. So it's uh it's cool to kinda of step back and just uh, and just see what records you really like and what records you connect with. And like I'm still sure that band uh, Bad Omens, they're on Sumerian. Uh their new record's amazing. I, uh, you know, I've been listening to uh, the new Frank Ocean, new Toy Lane's. That was awesome. Uh, been actually, my a big part of my summer consisted of just like listening to that new Kane Hill. Uh, it's just like uh, I don't know, listening to that record just kind of brought that whole nostalgia feeling of all the stuff I grew up listening to. So that was super cool, and uh, I'm actually very much looking forward to that of My nice Mad record dropping uh, next month. So yeah, there's a, there's, there's a few releases, you know, but I uh, it's been, I feel like it's been a great year for music, especially heavy music. I feel like it's uh, it's growing so hard and it's moving to, towards a great direction. So it's, it's just very cool to see that.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. And I mean, it really kind of uh, put an exclamation mark on music in 2016 as far as heavy music, when all of a sudden out of nowhere yesterday, Metallica just drops a brand new song and announced that they're going yep. to be dropping a double album. So it's... Uh, it's just crazy to see. It's 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 so awesome too. I mean, with the with the touring you guys have coming up. Uh you guys are gonna be playing a couple uh really awesome fests with a lot of stacked bands. It just kinda shows you that uh this music is only growing and it's only getting bigger for sure.
1: Oh yeah, man, it really uh it really really is. Uh, I mean even I've been noticing like uh you know, our songs reached uh Octane, series XM Octane and uh dude it's insane how much love we've been getting off the radio i'm like even with the song just dropping on Octane, like this whole tour, almost every night we had people come up to the merch table and be like, hey, we heard you guys on Octane. And so we had to come here and just see you guys. But we're, but we're leaving now. And it was just so mind blowing to me that people are still listening to the radio. And if they like a song, they will reach out and go find that band and listen to it. It's so sick, dude. I, uh, I don't know. I never really listened to uh, Octane as much as I do now that we got on it and uh, it's, it's crazy, man, it's crazy, it's still, it's still very active, and uh, I feel like right now, is the time to go with it, and I feel like you see it even in uh, the hip-hop, in uh, the hip-hop scene, you know, like, all these dudes are dressing, like, with metal band shirts, you know, like, getting designs from, like, metal fashion, it's just, it's, it's crazy, man, I feel like both worlds are gonna collide again very soon, and I feel like it'll be crazier than it was, uh, early two thousand late, uh, late 90s, you know, like, the whole rap rock thing, and, uh, Oh, it's cool, man! It's very cool to see it grow. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, man, I agree hundred percent. Now, for you guys, and kind of as far as the the next song that you guys are going to release, a single or a music video, do you guys uh, have a song in mind at this point? Are you going to be dropping a, a video kind of uh, with the album release, or are you guys going to wait a little bit for that?
1: Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wait a little bit. I'm pretty sure we're gonna drop a new music video in the fall. We just we're in the talk to seeing which song is uh, it's going to be for. But we also want to, you know, we did a lot of, uh, we, we made a lot of decisions off our own off our own opinions and all that stuff, so we kind of want to just let everyone listen to the record and see what are the songs that do stand out the most for everyone, and then we want to kind of head with, uh, with those options and see how we go from there.
0: Yeah, definitely, man, because I, I mean, at this point, with the record coming in and you guys having all this touring coming up, uh, kind of, how have you guys... Uh, kind of tried to balance the set list as far as new stuff and old stuff are you guys going to be playing uh mostly new stuff with the new record dropping or are you guys gonna kind of do it 50 50
2: we're gonna
1: try to find it you know obviously especially as an artist you always want to play your new stuff you're like eager to play new songs because you know you're yeah. so much you uh you end up playing the same stuff all the time and you know believe it or not yeah it gets now that it gets it's not boring i don't even know what the word is but sometimes you know it does get a little stale and you want to just kind of do something else, which is which. why it was so cool with the tour we just did because we got to play one new song. But even just playing one new song was like sick. This is awesome. Like, new music, cool. But, I mean, we do want to try to find that middle ground where, uh, you know, all the new fans get to, like, experience the new stuff and, and that new vibe. But also, it's just like, you know, we do have one record now and kids love it can still sing it. So we we want to try to hold on to all that stuff, too. So, you know, we are trying to find that middle ground, you know, Obviously, you can't make everyone happy, but uh, we're going to try our best on these tours to make sure people get to hear the stuff we want to listen to.
0: Now, if it was just uh, completely 100% up to you, if you had to pick uh, five new songs to put into the set list, uh, for you right now, what five songs would those be?
1: All right, so it will be Helps, The Self-Title Track, Um, Assume, Dark Days, Gambit Rope's Light, and Pleasure
0: Paradise. I definitely think that that's a good that's a good mix and kind of uh, gives the listeners and people who haven't listened to the band a really good idea of uh, what the record is kind of about.
1: Yeah, no, I agree, man. And I'm, I'm still you 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 hear that too, you know? That's uh, it's very cool.
0: Now, just as far as where you'd like the uh, listeners to go and pick up the record uh, when it drops tomorrow, whether it's digitally or uh, physically, whether you guys have uh, merch bundles up with the record, uh, where would you like them to go?
1: Well, you know, I, obviously, I know we. Uh, we're in a digital world nowadays, for the most part, but uh, you know, iTunes is, is is huge for us as far as like pre-orders go. So that would be a great place to grab it. You know, I I also do encourage people to stream it. You know, like stream it if you like it, then buy it, support us. That's very cool. And uh, if you want a physical copy, our record's gonna be all over the country at Fye. We're actually doing an Fye Takeover uh, on August 27th, the day of our album release show. So. If you're near uh, your Instagram and you want to, you know, you want to stay on top of Fye, you could see a lot of cool things on there too.
0: Awesome, man. Now I got to ask you a question, especially with your guest record coming out tomorrow. I've noticed a lot lately that when bands release their albums, uh, for the first or second week, they don't put any of their uh, their new music on streaming services. They just have it up on iTunes to buy type deal. Now, as far as the strategy. And just how you feel about that, do you personally think that's a good one to then force people into to buying the record and supporting the band? Or is this something where you kind of feel in a way it could maybe backfire in a band in terms of drawing new listeners into it and maybe might yeah. not want to pay $10 to, you know, listen to a band they haven't heard just yet?
1: Right. I just feel like uh, we're, you know, we are, it's, it's a very interesting time for music artists and, uh, I just feel like as where we're at right now, you know, the future is streaming, and I think I think we're all very aware of that. And you know, it's uh, it is tough for for an artist to think of record sales because you know, obviously, your first week is so important. But uh, you know, myself and the rest of our team, we were just all completely okay with streaming the record, even if it does affect our numbers for a week in some way, because you know, a lot of these a lot of these. uh all these big people and everything behind the scenes are looking a lot at these uh, at, at people's Spotify profiles and how many streams it has on, like, each source. So, you know, it was one of those decisions we made, and it's just like, yeah, you know, we could potentially, like, make people buy the record, but, you know, everyone's going to stream it now, you know? Like, think about how hard it was when, like, uh, I don't know if, 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 if you are really read on it, but when Kanye dropped his record in title and it was just, like... It was such a hassle for people to get the record. You know, it's just like it shouldn't be like that because mm-hmm. people people are going to search your name on Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff. And if your record's not on their stream, it's just it's kind of defeats the purpose. Like that might take away one new listener from you. You know, mm-hmm. so we just went ahead and we're like, you know what, let's stream it, let us let everyone hear it. And people, that do, you know, people know people know what's going on in the music world. You know, you everyone knows record sales help us out. So if, you know, if, I feel like if people really do enjoy that. The record and they haven't bought it yet they are going to go ahead and make that move just to
0: support uh, their favorite artist or a band that they like you know yeah man I definitely have to agree 100% with that I mean sometimes it's as much as uh, you know somebody new listening to your band and then seeing that you're coming through town in a a week or two and going and supporting and buying the record physically and buying a bunch of merch you know what I mean
1: exactly exactly and uh, yeah man you know as an artist you don't want to you don't want to like get rid of any potential ways of new people getting into your music, you know? So I feel like, you know, at, at this time and age right now, streaming will be the smartest thing to do for an artist.
0: Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent, man. Now, just as far as, uh, just this in between time before you guys uh, headed on the road, you guys just have a couple weeks left, man. Just, uh, for yourself, uh, what have you, what are you kind of doing to prepare? Are you just, uh, at this point, pretty much uh, relaxing these last couple of weeks? Uh, I mean, you guys just got off tour a bit uh, uh, 10 days ago or so with the plot you. So, I mean, for you, is it pretty much just kind of uh, resting and kind of recharging for this, uh, you know, next 75 days?
1: Yeah, because, you know, we went uh, we went on that plot new tour, and when we started the tour, we we hadn't we hadn't got that until tour at that time. We didn't have that offer yet, so... We lost the for, on the Pliny Tour, expecting to come back, and then leave on the Zion Kills Tour. But, you know, then getting that tour midway through the Pliny Tour, was like, holy, like, oh, shit, you know, we got to come home and, like, basically be home for three weeks and then go out for 75 days, and then we come back home after November, and we're, we're home for, like, maybe two weeks, and then we leave again until, like, the holidays. That's why hasn't been announced yet. But, you know, that's, like, our schedule, and uh, it's crazy, man. You know, I, I got home, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff, that has to get done for these tours as well. So there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. But overall, man, I'm just uh, I'm just honestly enjoying what's going on right now with the band. Just trying to uh, trying to be positive about everything and just kind of soaking in my relaxing time at home. And uh, that's that's pretty much what it's been. And I also train every morning. You know, I've been trying to stay like fit. You know, not like lose, I don't know, not lose myself while I'm off tour. So you know, there's 75 days coming of just touring. So. We're just all
0: trying to make sure we're absolutely ready to kill it. And that's where we're at right now. And uh, do you, uh, as far as just working out and whatnot, as far as uh, for your vocal ability, uh, do you kind of feel you have a, a little bit more stamina just as far as, um, you know, doing stuff like running, you know, running long distances? Obviously, um, you know, the cardio is just is just crazy. And, I mean, you know, many people would say, you know, running 10 miles, it's pretty much the exact same thing as going on stage, you know, playing a 30-minute set at a show in terms of... Uh, Just the energy and the adrenaline and just uh, how things get going for yourself. How has that kind of uh, helped you kind of uh, prepare with things, whether you uh, kind of run without music or you run with music while you're doing the running?
1: Yeah, dude. Well, it's helped a lot because, uh, you know, just just a quick thing. But like last year, one of the things that, you know, was one of the things that I'm proud of now is that I lost a lot of weight. I kind of, you know, just sitting around and writing and waiting for things to happen and all that stuff. I just kind of lost fights. Up myself and I gained a little bit of weight. So, you know, this year before going on tour and after doing a record, I felt where I was and that's when I started hitting the gym hard and running. And, you know, even listening to the songs, not mastered, you know, just the first rough draft, like at the gym, just doing cardio and listening to that was like so inspirational for me to like lose weight and be at the shape that I want to be, which is like right now I'm at the best shape I've been in my entire life. So it's very, it was very cool to have my music kind of motivate me to reach that goal. And now it's just, yeah, man, it's just straight family, You know, like, I, I, I run a lot. I do, you know, I do a lot of cardio. And I can't even tell you how much it's helped. I mean, I noticed on the last tour. And uh, I can't wait to see what these tours are going to be like after, you know, an intense month, basically almost a month of training here. And then, you know, go on, to see, go on tour. And, you know, we also hit the gym every morning on tour. So we just want to be the best we can possibly be, you know. And that's where we're all that, And, you know, we're just trying to do anything that does help whether it's a bodies or our voice and all that stuff, it it
0: all helps, you know. Definitely, man, one hundred percent. Jaden, thanks a lot for joining me on Rock the Walls tonight, man. I really appreciate it for your time. And uh, as I said, man, this record is absolutely incredible, and I can't wait for people to hear it.
1: Thank
0: you so much, man. One of the things I like to do with the bands that I interview is I get them to choose uh, two songs from their catalog they want the listeners to hear, and then a song that you'd like to hear by uh, any band, any artist, any genre. So if you want to pick uh, two Seiler songs. The song by any other band, uh, go for it, man.
1: Yeah, uh, let's do um, let's do let's do "Dark Days" and "Pleasure Paradise" as far as the solo songs, and uh, let's do "Strange Candy" Kane Hill.
0: Hell yeah, man! Sounds awesome, Jaden. Thanks a lot, man. And uh, stoked. Hopefully, see you guys up here in Canada real soon.
1: Hell yeah, man! We're looking forward to it. Thank you for having me, and uh, I'm I'm very stoked to like the record.
0: Can't wait go and check out their brand new album when it drops tomorrow on Hopeless Records talking about Siler's new record Help it's a track off that album it's Dark Days on Rock the Walls Siler, Dark Days on Adobe Howell. That tracks off of their brand new album, Help, which they just dropped yesterday on Hopeless Records. Definitely go and check that out. Uh, Just an incredible record front to back. Uh, Very diverse. Uh, These guys really just uh, went off their own path and uh, really kind of uh, helped kind of progress the sound they uh, made on that debut album, into the sophomore album. It's uh, just uh, a more mature record and a record that uh, I think has a lot of diversity. So uh, definitely go and check it out. You can catch them out on tour this fall with Ice Nine Kills and Secrets in September and October. And then in October and November, they're going to be out with Attila, Amir, and Chelsea Grin on the Chaos Tour. So uh, lots of chances to catch Siler before the year is up over here in North America. So uh, very excited to see those guys play some new songs live. Right now, we are going to get to an interview with a band that is uh, going to be touring on their 10-year anniversary of their debut album, Frail Wings of Vanity and Wax, Elisana, we talked to uh, their vocalist and guitarist, Sean Milkey, uh, all about their brand new release, Confessions, which is going to be coming out on August the 31st uh on revival recordings their label it's a uh, kind of a re-release couple of uh, reworked songs and as well uh, to go along with the annabelle novel that they're going to be dropping with it as well which uh, sold out in pre-order which is pretty amazing and uh, they had to uh, go and print a second batch and that's almost sold out now too so i uh, head over there Facebook page to get the link to uh, go and pick up that book. Uh, it's uh, pretty amazing stuff. And uh, really goes together uh, well with uh, you know the entire Annabelle trilogy that uh, Elisana has been writing over these past seven years. So uh, definitely go out of your way to check that out. We're going to talk all about that with Sean right now here on Rock the Walls. You are listening to Rock the Walls here on Adobe Radio. I'm your host, Patrick Walford. Right now we are joined by a band they are going to be dropping Part number three of the Annabelle Trilogy, Confessions, featuring a couple of brand new tracks. And as well, uh, part three to the story of the Annabelle Trilogy. And as well, they're going to be heading out on their 10-year anniversary tour for their debut album. Coming up at the end of September with support from O Sleeper famous last words in artwork we are here with sean one of the vocalists and guitarists of el asana sean how's everything going man uh you guys have uh, been taking it easy over this last little bit but uh, gearing up for a busy fall just uh to... sean as far as it goes for you man and the, and the rest of the band uh today uh, you mentioned that you are uh in their revival recordings office the record label that you guys uh, started just a couple of years ago man uh, you know, just getting ready to uh, to release uh, the Annabelle trilogy uh, part three, and then as well uh, prepping to uh, you know play your debut album from front to back, man. Uh, just uh, as far as just uh, how you guys have been keeping busy over this past little bit, and uh, you know what really went into uh, you know part number three of the Annabelle trilogy, and as well uh, writing a uh, you know writing part number three as far as uh, the, the paperback novel being.
3: Sure. I mean, we is kind of planned and scheduled time off for everybody. Uh, everybody's got families and other things they're tending to. Uh, different projects you're trying to get involved in. When you've been a band for going on 12 years, you find it difficult to make time to do some other things you want to do in life. So everybody kind of agreed that we're going to take it easy this year and, and do some other things. Um, in terms of the, the album the book, the, the album is actually re-released of an album we got last year, but we have a couple new tracks mm-hmm. added to it to uh, increase you know the story's involvement in the record and we reimagined the artwork a little bit and then in terms of the story it's actually the complete story all in novel form for the first time ever so i I finished that the book up a couple months ago and decided was time to give it to
0: the fans awesome man that's great to hear now now for yourself and uh you know being able to to release a book like that to kind of uh fill in the gaps that maybe some of the some of the lyrics and some of the songs on the album didn't necessarily uh get to cover as far as a plot just for you uh just what was that kind of like in terms of just uh kind of filling in those gaps and kind of uh adding to the story and making it more fleshed out? was it something for you that was uh that was pretty easy or was it something that kind of uh you took a lot of time doing you wanted to to make a lot of sense
3: oh yeah i mean it was definitely it's, it's one of the most challenging things i've ever done as an artist i've always wanted to write a book and when we first started doing the concept records, you know, I would toy around with the idea like, oh, one day I should turn this into a book. And, you know, it's one of those things, it's, it's easy to say, it's easy to tell people you're going to do it, but when you sit down to write a book, it's it's one of the most daunting and challenging crafts I've ever taken on, um, which makes it, you know equally as rewarding, because, you know, the time and effort it takes to do something this involved, and then you have the final product in your hand, and it's just like, wow, I I can't believe I actually wrote a book. (laughs) And with the way the stories interacted with the records previous to this, you know, those were really just excerpts of, of a much, much larger plot and, you know, universe within the story. So it was it's challenging making sure that it all flowed properly for the fans, and but what the, what the exciting thing is that everything the fans thought they knew about Annabelle and thought they knew about the story and anything that was exciting up to this point, everything's just going to get thrown for an entire loop, and there's a lot of cool twists and twists and turns in there.
0: That's definitely awesome to hear, man. Now, now talking about that kind of as far as you know, you guys, the, the past couple albums, just kind of writing in concepts. Uh, and whatnot and stuff like that. I mean, I I think it goes back to, like, uh, you know, I think the the emptiness was when when you guys originally started uh, kind of writing towards more of like a a concept kind of vibe with your albums, correct?
2: Well, we always,
3: even from the very beginning, not necessarily so much with the EP, our first EP, Try To Keep Your Eyes Closed, but when we did On Trail, Wings of Eddie and Wax, it wasn't so much conceptual as it was thematic. You know, all all the songs had uh, found their influence in Greek mythology, and then we did Where Methes is the Legend, which was largely influenced by Brothers Grimm fairy tales and, you know, other ancient stories. So when it came time to do the emptiness, we basically decided that instead of taking these other stories that already existed and kind of twisting them up, we were just going to write a story from scratch, you know, use certain authors as inspiration, but to, you know, write a completely new work of fiction.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Now, f- for yourself, who, who would you say is kind of some of your uh, biggest inspirations from a, from a writing standpoint in terms of uh, just uh, where you kind of draw the most inspiration from, whether it's, um, you know, uh, other songwriters when it comes to writing music or uh, other writers and authors when it comes to uh, writing uh, the stories and whatnot? I think a
3: lot. I, I'm influenced by a lot and it's never to a specific large degree. It's more like hey, I want this part of the song to feel this way, or I want this part of the story to feel this way, and I'll I'll draw inspiration directly for certain parts from from all kinds of authors and and songwriters. And I think a lot of our fan base would be surprised to hear some of the the bands and songwriters that largely influence Alessandra's music because the large majority of them don't sound anything like Alisana. But for me, being inspired and influenced by songwriters isn't about ripping off their sound or trying to sound exactly like them it's using mm-hmm. their approach and you know their, the way they the, kind of the way they write the parts of their songs and use that same mentality in writing our stuff because you know the biggest thing we made sure of from the very beginning is we didn't want to sound like anybody else, we wanted people when they listen to Alistair to go that sounds like Alistair and, and yeah. largely that's been the case for, for the majority of our career so i you know, definitely proud of that fact
0: yeah, definitely for sure. I I feel like a lot of the time people do kind of uh, kind of get that mixed up in terms of you know, when when you ask a band or an artist about uh, you know kind of who their inspirations are, a lot of uh, a lot of people might think uh, you know that like who is the artist that you try to emulate or copy. But uh, but yeah, I definitely have to agree with you in terms of uh, you know different the ways you look at different writers and that kind of stuff. You know you don't want to copy them. You just want to want want to kind of have the the same kind of vibe as them. You know what I mean.
3: Most definitely. And I think that's the largest problem you see with a lot of very young bands who are trying to start out is instead of trying to find out who they are, they just try to sound like the bands that they like. And, you know, believe it or not, the large majority of fans can sniff that stuff out, you know, and I think what fans look for in any artist that they want to, you know, be inspired by is they want it to feel honest and passionate. And, you if you're spending your time just trying to be somebody else, you know, the honesty
0: and the passion is never going to shine through. Yeah, man, I, I would definitely have to agree with that hundred percent. Now, Sean, just talking about, you know, kind of coming up as a young band. I mean, at this point, uh, your record, uh, is 10 years old at this point, your debut album on uh, frail wings of vanity wax. As far as that goes, man, just as far as, uh, you know, you guys starting out as a band, you're just seeing, how gigantic that debut album was for you guys and kind of uh, what your mindset was going into those first couple of tours and whatnot. Um, obviously, things in 2006 were a lot different for up-and-coming bands and now in 2016, uh, just for you guys um, and just kind of remembering that and just starting out as a band, not really knowing the journey that you guys were about to go on and how big you were going to get. Uh, just uh, what was that like, the the, the initial uh, album, the initial... Uh, date of the album being released for yourself, if you remember that, and as well, you know, the tours that kind of led afterwards.
2: Yeah, it
3: was, it's definitely a, a blur. It was, was definitely a whirlwind back then. You know, you can recall times before, you know, we broke into the scene, and you can remember after, but, like, as it was happening, it, it just all happened incredibly fast. You know, we, we made on throwings of Eddie and Wax in 13 days in, in our producer's living room, and I did vocals in a half-bathroom that was downstairs, and it was it was just about getting it done. It's like, whatever it takes to get it done, get it done, get it done, because we want to we start playing shows outside of our home city. And, you know, uh, Tragic Hero Records formed to put out that record. Fearless Records sniffed it out almost right away, and they, they wanted to put it out. And all while this was happening, we had gotten really, really lucky and, and got on a tour with From Out of the Ashes. who was, you know, really big at the time, and it really just spun its wheels from there. It was... It is crazy. You go from playing for, you know, 15 of your friends in your hometown to selling out your home shows and then suddenly you're in California with From Autumn to Ashes and your record is coming out on Fearless Records. And you're just like, holy cow, when did this happen? And it's it's tough to take it in when it's happening and thus it's tough to remember the exact emotions you were going through at the time because it was just, your eyes were always on the next step. Like, okay, now we're doing this and we're doing this and we're doing this and I think that one day i'll be able to to sit back and reflect on everything that we've accomplished but we're we're certainly very grateful for all the opportunities we've been given
0: yeah definitely for sure man now how old would have you been uh back then back in uh, on june 6 2006 when you guys released the album how old was i yeah
3: june oh, is 10 years ago so i would have been 26 years old
0: so so for you this this was already something you know uh pursuing music as a full-time thing and wanting to tour full-time you know this was something that you had already been kind of chasing down for seven or eight years for, so for you it it probably felt like it, it was a lot longer of a journey than maybe you know uh some of these newer bands coming into it who are getting signed when you know they're 18 or 19 and going on their first tours uh being the first shows that they, they, they've ever played actually uh recently talked to a band that their first ever shows they were ever going to play were uh, going to be at the band's Warped Tour this summer. So, uh, I, I mean, for, for you, did, did it really feel like that long of a journey, or for you, was it more so uh, you got into uh, kind of playing live music and whatnot when you were in your 20s? Yeah, no, it's, uh, if
3: there's one thing my friends and family will tell you about me, is that I'm persistent, and when there's something that I want, I, I do it, but I, I always take the necessary steps to do it. I, baby steps is what I preach to everybody about everything, especially in music. And I think a lot of people have a tendency to go, oh, Al Fennig got huge in 2006. They got big so quick. It's like, well, no, you weren't there when we were all in our previous bands and mm-hmm. you know playing shows to, to two, three, sometimes no people. And, and you're learning from your mistakes, and you're learning from the things that work, and you try this other band, and... You know, then it's all about finding the right people, I and mean, you finally find the right group of guys, and, you know, everything kind of goes from there. But, yeah, so when Pearl Wings came out, I'm, you know, 26 years old, but I'd been pursuing that, those kinds of goals, you know, for at least seven or eight years at that point.
0: sean milke he is uh, one of the guitarists and one of the vocalists of el Asana. they're going to be heading out on their tour for on frail wings of vanity and wax coming up at the end of september going to be heading out with oh sleeper famous last words and artwork you can also check out their re-release of the annabelle trilogy part three confessions which is going to be coming out on their record label revival recordings coming up on august the 31st now, Sean, for yourself, man, and uh, just seeing some of these uh, newer up-and-coming bands, I mean, for you guys, um, you're obviously bringing in a band like Oh Sleeper, which is a band that you guys uh, had tour with uh, many years ago back in the day, but then as well, like, you know, up-and-coming bands like uh, Famous Last Words, who I know you guys have uh, toured with a couple times over these past couple of years in artwork. Um, just as far as it goes, man, and just kind of seeing some of these other uh, newer up-and-coming bands in the scene that are a little bit younger for yourself, are there any bands in particular that uh, that really stand it that, that you've been enjoying listening to since you've uh, come across them over the past little bit?
3: Well, with running the record label now and things starting to get more and more successful and with things growing here, we're listening to bands every single day. I mean, that's, yeah. just, we dedicate at least an hour or two every day to just checking out the band's minute and getting in touch with as many of them as possible, even if it's not something we're interested in working with. We'll always... Reach out and let them know our thoughts, and, and gave them some advice if they're willing to to hear it and want to learn from it. And you know, for me, it's my goal was always to start a record label because I wanted to be able to pass on the baton, so to speak, of my experiences and my journey, and, and still get to you know live vicariously through seeing younger kids live out their dreams and things like that. Because it was never my intent to be jumping around on the stage when I'm in my 40s and 50s and things like that. So. You know, it's it's been an awesome journey in getting here, and now I feel it's this whole new set of goals and dreams to, to realize and to help others do it too. It's just it's incredibly rewarding every day.
0: Yeah, man, definitely for sure. Now, now with that kind of in mind, and uh, young bands listening in, um, you know, getting as many submissions as you guys do, is there anything, um, any advice that you can give from your standpoint that you bands who are sending you guys music? Or sending other record labels music uh, that they shouldn't do in terms of uh, maybe uh, like the kind of message they send, um, what exactly they're sending you, or anything like that. Is there kind of any insight or advice that you can give uh, to newer bands out there trying to uh, kind of get signed to a label?
3: Nick, being honest is always the biggest thing. You know, Be what you are, own what you are. If your band is this and your message is this, don't back down from it, be confident about it. Mm-hmm. And when you when you submit to record labels or you submit to, to management or agents or whatever, be prepared. Do your diligence. There's nothing worse than a submission that comes across my desk and it's, you know, there's no subject to the email and there's no links to any of their sites and it's like, here's this demo. It doesn't have vocals yet. Like there's just, that's going to get you nowhere. And I know people can be impatient and they, they're excited and they want to get their, their stuff out there, but preparation is everything. And I always go back to when we started Alicena, we practiced in a five-by-five storage unit for six months before we played our first show. Because the whole idea was, we want to know our songs inside and out, we want to be used to playing in close quarters, because not every stage you get on, is going to be big. And we want people at our first show to think that we've been doing this for months. And -hmm. sure enough, that's what people thought, and it was our first time ever being on a stage, and nobody knew it. You know, and it's... Was it challenging and tough to wait those six months? Sure it was. But if you're prepared and you're ready, that goes such, so much further than just impetuously throwing stuff out there and hoping that you get lucky.
0: Yeah, man, I, I'd have to agree 100%. You know what they say, you know, the first impressions are the most important, you know, and especially playing in the banks. I mean, if you, uh, if you go, you, you have that first show, whether it's locally or on a tour, and, you know, people there watching you aren't quite digging it or aren't really into it, you know what I mean? That could really affect them ever coming to check out your band again, you know what I mean?
3: Absolutely. Our, our role was always five or five thousand, we're playing like the like the stadium's packed. Like right? that this was always our thing, you know, and I still recall a time playing in a bowling alley outside of Chicago for two people and they stood so far back that they were behind a light that we couldn't even see them. So it felt like you're playing to an empty room. And we still played as if the room was packed. And that goes a long way. Those two people who see that performance they're going to tell They're friends about that. We saw this band that played for nobody, and they went completely crazy. That stuff matters. It really does. Being prepared, being energetic, being passionate, those are the things that record labels and management and other bands that you want to tour with, those are the things they're going to recognize.
0: Yeah, man, definitely, 100%. Now, as well, in talking about packed shows, uh, you guys are going to be heading uh, south of the border coming up in uh, November later on this year for uh, Knot Fest in Mexico. I mean, you guys are going to be playing with, you know, l- really some of the biggest metal bands ever or some of the biggest metal bands in the world right now. You know, you got bands like Avenged Sevenfold, uh, obviously Slipknot, Slayer, Enter Shikari, Disturbed, Deftones, Attila, and a ton of other bands. I mean, you guys got to be uh, super stoked to, to be heading down there to, to play a festival of that size.
3: Absolutely. And, and Mexico has been so good to us since the day our, our band started. They've always been so passionate about Al and we've never really been able to put our finger on it, but we're certainly grateful for it. And, you know, that, that love has enabled us to play this festival with bands that it doesn't even make sense that we're playing on the same stage as them. I mean, I'm sharing a stage with Marilyn Manson and it just doesn't doesn't quite compute in my head just yet, but it's it's incredible. I, I'm, I'm going to be like a little, I'm going to be like a teenager at War Tour. When I'm there, I'm going there as a fan, not as a
2: performer. That's
0: for sure. Now, on the topic of Warp Tour, could you guys, uh, you know, see yourselves uh, possibly doing uh, something on the 2017 Warp Tour? I know obviously uh, 2016 literally just wrapped up a few days ago, but uh, uh, would that be something you guys would be up for? Whether it's a couple of weeks or the entire run, or are you guys just kind of trying to do uh, a smaller bur- bursts of touring type deal? Uh, now that you guys are getting a little bit older and have other stuff going on.
3: Sure, I think it's something we'd consider. We 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 talked about meeting up with Kevin and seeing what he would think about us doing some regional dates. I don't I don't think we would ever do the entire thing again. I don't think we would devote an entire summer to to playing Warped Tour. But I, I certainly would love the opportunity to play that environment again and maybe do a handful of dates on along the Long East Coast or into the Southeast or something like that. But you never know.
0: Yeah, definitely. I th- I think they're this year, more than usual, I think there's a, there's actually uh, quite a few bands who uh, who just kind of did like maybe four or five dates, just kind of regional kind of runs. So uh, yeah, you never know. I think that that's definitely something Kevin would be open to. But I think uh, I don't know if you went to uh, to the date this year um, in or around your your area when it came through. But I think something that. Uh, really made a massive difference this year was the uh the fact that they had two monster energy stages and therefore you had i would probably say about 80 to 85 percent of the heavy bands on the tour on those two stages and uh the crowds at the those two stages were drawing um honestly some days were rivaling that of the draws of the main stage bands. so I, i think having uh having all the heavy bands kind of on those two stages uh this summer was a was a really big and really good thing for the tour for sure
3: Definitely, we uh revival. Uh, we had a, a tent this year at the Charlotte date, which is the closest to us, and we were actually set up right near the Monster Energy stages. And one of the things we commented on was just having the genre-specific stages is just it's so much smarter. People are are happier as they're getting to see all the bands that they came to see, and everybody's leaving the event, you know, with better memories. In my opinion, I, I understood and respected the idea of you know. Kind of spreading everything out and hoping that everybody sees a little bit of everything. But the simple fact is, if you're a fan of metal and you're not a fan of pop punk, you don't want to have to sit through pop punk to get to your to your metal band. And you certainly don't want to miss one of your metal bands because they're competing against something else. And it's just, I think this is a much better way to do it for the fans.
0: Now, for yourself, Sean, just as far as uh, you know, just uh, living in the in the North Carolina area. I mean, for you guys uh, being all around the world through your music and getting to visit so many places. You know, you see a lot of American bands whenever, uh, you know, they're kind of winding down their careers or they're trying to get involved in different facets of the music industry. You know, you see them going to places like uh, Los Angeles and New York City and Nashville, uh, you know, what people would, you know, kind of call quote unquote music cities, you know, for you guys uh, being in your home state of North Carolina and whatnot and running a uh, revival recordings, just uh, how important is it to you guys to kind of, uh, you know, have that have that hometown kind of approach to stuff?
3: Oh, it's very important to us. Uh, one of the, the big things we're trying to accomplish as a company is to revive this scene here in Raleigh. Uh, when we started out years ago, it was a really, really strong scene. But thanks to the city growing and you know small venues kind of losing out to big buyers, the scene has crumbled a little bit. Uh, one of the things we've done as revival recordings is we started a side company called Reviving Raleigh, which we host a series of shows that are designed to promote local talent. We keep the ticket prices at a dollar sometimes, two. It's all about just getting people in the door and seeing these local bands. And um, we're working on a short uh, documentary to try and showcase that out to the city, and we're trying to partner up with a lot of the other local art companies that are trying to do similar things. But, you know, this scene, being strong, is very important to us. And, you know, it's, you know we obviously scout national talent and everything like that, but to, to find talent here and to help nurture this talent that's right there in our backyard is, is one of our, our top goals.
0: Yeah, man, definitely for sure, 100%. And I, I just got to ask, man, you know, uh, getting to uh, do this debut album, On For All Wings with Vanity and Wax, um, obviously these are some songs that you guys have not played in, in, in a very long time. Is there any song in particular that, that you're really excited to once again uh, be able to play again for the fans? Or, you know, when, when you guys have been rehearsing one, are there a couple songs where you've honestly kind of been like, wow, I don't really remember this song you know, now until, uh, the point that I've kind of heard it and are re-listening to this again.
2: Sure,
3: yeah, uh, Nero's K and The Last Three Letters are definitely the, the two songs I'm looking the most forward to playing. They're, they're two of my favorites on there, and they're two that we, even as we were rolling into our second, third, and fourth albums, and we had to start kind of lessening how much we played older material to make room for newer material, those are, those are two of the songs that kind of got cut early on in that process, so to be able to play those are going to be a lot of fun, um, what I generally do when we're going to play music we haven't played in a long time, or we just haven't been on tour in a while, is I just do a little home setup where you know I wear headphones and I set up a mic and guitar and I can hear myself playing along to the album. Um, muscle memory is an incredible thing. It's, it's sometimes with a song, It's once you remember this one thing you would do while playing it, everything else comes rushing back. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to play Pathetic Ordinary the other night and I there with a really dumb look on my face for probably half the song, just going, What on earth was I doing in this song? Like, where is everything? And then one part came up and I was like, Oh, that's right, that's this and then everything else just clicked. And it's luckily for musicians, muscle memory is a very real and productive thing. I'm sure it would take a lot more work to remember some of the other tunes.
0: Yeah, man, definitely for sure, because because for you guys too, I mean this is a record that you guys wrote uh, you know, back in like 2004, 2005. So in reality, it's kind of a, even a little bit older than 10 years for you guys.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think 05, we recorded it in 05. And some of those songs were written in oh four when we wrote our first EP. We wrote about 12 or 13 songs when we wrote the EP, and half of them got moved to the full X. But, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so you're talking near, nearly 12 years ago that some of these
0: songs And uh, just for yourselves, as far as uh, any more plans coming up for you guys uh, doing that uh, two-week run, kind of along the uh, East Coast uh, and towards the South and whatnot, just as far as playing dates in Florida and whatnot. Uh, Just as far as any tour plans for you guys uh, heading into uh, the rest of the year or in 2017, or are you guys pretty much just going to be doing uh, those two weeks and then just uh, kind of uh, focusing, uh, just being on home and kind of uh, writing towards that next release, uh, possibly in 2017? Yeah, well,
3: this will probably be it for 2016 in terms of playing shows. Um, You know, after after this run is when the holiday season starts, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that, and a couple of the tough kids, so you can't miss things like Halloween anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the next thing for us is, is focusing on a new record. At least that's where my headspace is now that the book is done. Um, there's certainly some new and very different approaches I want to take to this new record, which is what we always do. I, I'd like to think that especially for our most core fans, every record is, has got a different vibe, all, all of our records. So, I think right now I'm just in the the part of the, the phase where I'm trying to figure out what the vibe is going to be um, sonically on this next record. And, and once that happens, you know, Patrick and I will start exchanging some notes and some parts, and,
0: and we'll get into the process. Nice, man. That's definitely awesome to hear. Now, is there any uh, anything in particular that's kind of kind of inspiring you um, at, at this kind of exact time, or are you, you've got are you like very very early kind of in the in the writing process of that to the point where you haven't even really uh, began writing yet?
3: Um, musically, there's some stuff that I've done, um, could just parts really, not, nothing that's even close to shaping into a song. But I, I got these parts laying around. I'm like, "Oh, this could be cool." And toying around with the idea of messing with a different tuning. We we went down to C for for confessions. We'd always mm-hmm. been in D, but yeah. probably keep it in C. I really like the way C felt. Um, in terms of conceptually with the story. It's tough. We've been writing writing Annabelle records for almost seven years now, and mm-hmm. with the book kind of coming out and it kind of concluding, it leaves the door open for the story to keep going. You know, yeah. and if our fan base reacts to the book and they want to know more, then then maybe we continue on in the fourth Annabelle record. If not, I've been Dennis and I have sort of played with the idea of doing a more contemporary type story. Um, a lot of what seems to be in the news and and a lot of storytelling these days is these you know wrongfully accused crimes type things and we've kind of toyed with the idea of writing a story around that idea getting super abstract with it and that could be a lot of fun but really nothing else in stone yet that's for sure
0: yeah man that's that's obviously like such a kind of exciting and kind of nerve-wracking time a little bit uh kind of trying to figure out where you are going to take that next record though i gotta imagine
3: yep definitely and it's that's part of the fun though you know it's yeah it can be stressful at times, and it's certainly challenging, but this is this is why we do what we do. We love telling our stories, and we love pushing ourselves to new limits when
0: it comes to writing the song, so I'm, I'm excited. I definitely have to agree with that 100%. Well, Sean, thanks a lot for joining me on the show today, man. I really appreciate it for your time. And one of the things I like to do with the bands that I interview is I get them to choose uh, two songs from their catalog they want the listeners to hear. And then a song that you would like to hear by uh, any band, any artist, any genre. So if you want to pick two Alessandro songs and a song by any other band, uh, go for it.
3: Uh, cool, yeah. Um, the two Alessandro songs I would encourage people to go to now are Fatima uh, Rusalka, which is with the transition single, single between two of our records it will actually be coming out on the re-release. And then Oh How the Mighty Have Fallen, which is actually, uh, views-wise on YouTube and plays on Spotify, is, is becoming one of our top five most popular songs ever which is super cool because we you know it was on the last record it's exciting yeah man. um and then a song that is hugely inspiring me right now but I, I have to give the disclaimer again that the type of music i'm inspired by is no nowhere near what Senn is but it's a song called witness by a band named mew, M-E-W.
0: oh yeah man sounds great sean thanks a lot man and uh really looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing uh, you guys uh, back up at canning real soon man sounds great it was a pleasure man take care
2: I'm having trouble breathing, breathing. And if I don't think fast I'm likely to find myself here for good Panic sets in As I start to question why I'm
0: Alaska off of the Annabelle trilogy part three confessions go and check that out when it drops uh, next week August the thirty first. A very special thank you goes out to Sean for joining me on the show tonight. It's always interesting to hear the perspective of somebody who's uh, been in a part of the scene for so long. You know, Ella Santa has toured with so many bands. Uh, when you really think of the past decade, they've uh, pretty much uh, toured with uh, all the bands as far as you know bands that have got popular through trends and kind of died off or bands that have, uh, you know, kind of stand the test of time uh, just like they have. So it's uh, really interesting to hear his perspective on that as well with them uh, now running a record label and them, you know, being interested in signing bands and whatnot. It's uh, interested to, interesting to hear his take on all of that as well. So a special thanks goes out to him once again for joining me on the show. That is going to do it for Rock the Walls tonight. A special thank you goes out to uh, Jaden and Sean for joining me on the show tonight. Be sure to subscribe to the Rock the Walls podcast over on iTunes. Subscribe. Never miss a show when it goes up on iTunes. Boom. Right on your phone. uh, Whether uh, you're on an iPhone or you're on your computer and uh, listening at work or listening at home uh, over on iTunes. So uh, definitely go and do that. Just search Rock the Walls on iTunes. It'll pop up. And there you go. You're all set. Thanks a lot for joining me tonight, guys. Uh, next week's show, we're going to be speaking with Bayside. I'm so really looking forward to that. You have yourselves a great week, and always remember to listen loud.